Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 17 of the When People Awaken podcast. Today is part one of a two-part interview we do with the lovely Heather Mendez of Prana Raw Foods. Um, In this episode, Heather gives us some more information about her business and also some info on human design readings. So if you're interested in contacting Heather for either raw vegan food orders or for human design readings, please contact her on Instagram at Prana Raw Foods, which will also be in our description box. And in episode two, which we'll post next week, Heather actually um, gives us a human design reading report um, on both Titus and myself. So it should be really interesting. So with all that, let's get into our land acknowledgement. We acknowledge that we reside on the original land of the Cherokee, Chickasaw, Yuchi, and Shawnee people. We honor these indigenous ancestors as the original caretakers of this land. We also honor ancestors of African descent whose forced labor built our city. We give gratitude to the earth elements, the land, local waters, air and fire for sustaining human life. And we encourage you to visit native-land.ca to deepen your own relationship to the original inhabitants of the land in which you reside. Thanks, and let's jump in. Today we have on the show a good friend of mine in Huntsville. She is a active yogi. She does a lot of juicing, a lot of good foods, a lot of all around healing, wellness, holistic, good type shit. <laughs> She's really, 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 really dope. Um, she and I actually met a couple of years ago, I think it was or so, um, around town when she was opening up, or she had for a little while, a kombucha restaurant. So let me go ahead and introduce, her name is Heather Mendez. Hey, hey, Heather. Hi, Titus. Hey. Hi, Hi, Heather. Hi. <laughs> So Heather and I met a few years ago um, at Tribal Kombucha. Tell, mm-hmm. tell, me, tell me a little, 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 little bit about that. So uh, in October 2019, I opened a kombucha tap room in Huntsville, Low Mill. Um, I had first started out selling in farmer's markets and wholesale. Um, and then the dream of mine to have a kombucha tap room would be the first tap room in um, Alabama came true. Alabama? Yeah. Huntsville, Alabama. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> So it was a great location. I mean, that space, the vibes, the windows, it everything. It, it was, was amazing. amazing. It really, really was. Um, and it was, it was more than just a kombucha tap room. I feel like it was a place for the community. Um, within six months of being open, I, I hosted countless um, you know, gatherings with the community. We held the first... Uh, um, vegan uh, night. We mm-hmm. had the first vegan event for Huntsville. We had candlelight women's yoga. The yoga with Maria. We right. had R and B vibes. We had we had live music. That was with you. Yes. They came when you were there. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize yeah. that that was when you were there. Yeah. We had a lot going on, and um, it just became. I had a wedding there too. Wow. Yeah. You know, Yo, I, she was really, really like spearheading a, a wellness rave in that time period that's awesome yeah. um, and I even rented out for private events so um, the space itself was really more than that um, yeah you know the kombucha was just a way to An kind of get point. people together and then it was a way for me to express my creativity through um, through kombucha through the flavorings through all of it um, yeah, I really missed it a lot. And then, you know, of course, March 2020 came around. <laughs> COVID hit. And, you know, it was a brand new baby business. And, um, and yeah, and, and everything was shut down. So okay. that really shifted how um, to do business. I did some deliveries and things like that for so a So hang on for just a little bit. Okay, so thank you for explaining what you were doing. Here. Yes. <laughs> Back in 2020. So... Now that we're in 2023, how would you describe yourself and what you do for the community in Huntsville? Um, so I love creating um, beautiful, nourishing foods, um, creating experiences. And right now I'm currently offering a vegan meal prep and I do uh, small events and retreats and, and catering, things like that. Okay. And you have that one that's coming up soon, don't you? 
Mm-hmm. Yes, I'm actually hosting my first retreat in September. Okay. Um, very excited. It's been a manifestation in the works for quite some time. Okay. Um, this is going to, I know we're, you know, planning to talk about this. And, yeah, yeah. Um, things like that. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like it, it really ties in um, tribal kombucha and what... Mm-hmm that was for um, for the community and for me to be able to express that um, and put it all together. How so? Um, I think just creating the experience, you know, first of all, um, the food and all of it. Um, I think that this is kind of taking, it's kind of led up to this and I wouldn't have known that, mm. you know, a few mm. years ago. I mean, I thought, oh, something's ending, like this is the end of something, but I feel like it's, always evolving and changing and now i see where you know my path is being led to to do something else mm. you know where i'm kind of like been in the school of life different things and yes. you know it's how it, it always ends up happening and working out for for the best i believe i think it's also evolving just more versions of who you are because you were always someone who wants community in some mm-hmm. kind of way whether it's in the, in the location tribal kombucha or in a park somewhere, wherever else you're doing, mm-hmm. it'll always be you breaking community around food, wellness, and health. Right, right. Yeah. yeah, and you know one thing I love about what you've already said in the first two minutes now is that on the podcast, we've talked a lot about the importance of creating sacred spaces. Mm-hmm. And I love that for you, it's not like you're just some like vegan cook that's just like handing out food like you have intention behind. Mm-hmm why you're doing it and creating the space mm-hmm. for people to come for a particular mm-hmm. reason, whether it's a retreat or where you were at La Mill. So I just love that, you know, that's a part of what yes, you're doing. Yes, yes. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Very inclusive, intentionally inclusive. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's good. That's good. So what was the transition between tribal kombucha? How was that transition between tribal kombucha and where you are now? So first of all, the obvious, no brick and mortar. Right. So um, I learned a lot about that. Um, I feel like that really weighs you down, ties you down to a a specific spot. And I enjoy traveling and moving around. And so I see now how that shifting has allowed me to to do more of that. And Mm -hmm. so um, whereas I can, you know, host these retreats and, you know, hopefully there'll be more and more experiences later on that I can put together, maybe not a full retreat, but I have ideas for other things. But but yeah, just to kind of pull these up as I feel, I feel it align, if that yeah, makes sense. Of course. Um, and not being like, oh, you know, I have to get up and go open the shop today. You know, if I don't go, then it doesn't open. And yeah. I very much was a one morning show. <laughs> yeah. And I was making all the kombucha and running everything. And yeah, it was, it was a lot of work. Mm. So um, I see the new, um, the new side of this coming into being more like, you know, I get to balance out my family life, balance out work and what I love to do and the, you know, my passion for things and what my, you know, ultimate purpose is. And I feel like we tie the purpose to our life with success in some way or making money. But um, no, I feel like this definitely is it for me and, you know, to keep going and keep flowing and see where it takes me later on. Yeah, that's yeah. cool. I love it. I think that's a good segue into the next question yeah. is, how did you like get started doing what you're doing with vegan cooking? Like, were you self-taught? Did you go to school or culinary school or something? Like, how did you learn what you're doing? Well, I'm primarily self-taught. I've actually loved to cook um, for quite some time. It's just, uh, you know, evolved to what it is now. I mean, I used to eat meat and dairy, and I would always try to cook the, you know, the best ingredients that I could find. Um, And I was always into, like, gourmet cooking or just recreating things that I would try Mm. at restaurants or Mm. wherever or see on TV or Mm. something, and then recreate that into my own style. So I feel like that's evolved now to you know, raw vegan cooking and, um, and vegan. I mean, I, I do a lot of raw cooking, but I eat primarily cooked vegan. Um, I'm about, you know, 50% raw. I like to eat a lot of raw fruits in the mornings and kind of progress into cooked foods, things later in the day. So, okay. um, so yeah, it's just self-taught. And um, I did actually take a raw vegan cooking course um, 
about a year and a half ago cool. that um, I feel just kind of honed in some more of like some of the raw techniques. You mentioned that you eat fresh raw in the morning and then cooked raw in the evening, mm -hmm. or cooked, or cooked, 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 cooked um, in, in, in the evening. Are other are other are other guests mentioned eating eating for your type and who you are mm -hmm. and how you are? Mm -hmm. You've chosen for whatever reason to to eat more more fresh in the morning and different in the evening. Any reason why behind that at all? Well, um, so for me, uh, waking up and just giving the body something that's quickly digestible. Okay. So fruit is um, one of the fastest digestive foods. Okay. Um, and so when you wake up, you know you're hydrating yourself back. You're not adding fats that you know can like burden the liver, mm. things like that. So you start hydrating yourself with fruit in the morning. Um, you know, and I tried to stay lower fat because um, I don't have a gallbladder. So there's a whole nother section okay. <laughs> of yeah, yeah of just learning and tweaking. You know, for my specific body and mm. how I should eat. So um, yeah, fruits they hydrate you on a cellular level mm -hmm. where you're um, you know. You're, I, I don't know, it's so vibrant. I just love it. I mean, right. you follow my Instagram, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Constantly making smoothie bowls and smoothie Colorful things. Like, just so my colorful. favorite thing, you know, yeah. just waking up and creating that and sitting out in the sun and enjoying that. And, you know, you're, you're being charged, you know, inside and out. Mm -hmm. so, um, so, yeah, I really do try to stick with fruit. And the interesting thing is if I don't have fruit in the mornings, I actually notice a difference in how mm -hmm. I feel. Mm -hmm. You know, I just... A little off. I don't feel as hydrated. Mm -hmm. I don't feel as I have enough energy. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And same as well. So I, 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 I affirm that reason for doing fruits in the morning. I do the same thing and I feel differently fresh. Mm -hmm. Up to the day with fresh fruit in the morning first. And you'll notice your digestion is much faster. Mm -hmm. You know, like you are, things aren't just sitting there, you mm -hmm. know, and rotting. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, so, you know, I think that, you know, when we eat these heavier foods, it really does stay in us for a long time. So next we wanted to ask you about your business, Prana Raw, which mm -hmm. you kind of alluded to already. Can you tell us like more about why you started it? And you mentioned like it's raw and mostly like online catering, online mm -hmm. orders type of stuff. Can you tell us more? Yeah, um, so right at getting away from the brick and mortar, um, starting this from my home, it felt like something that I could do um, fairly easily with my knowledge and background from uh, tribal kombucha. Mm -hmm. So um, I started about a year and a half ago um, offering uh, weekly meals and um, I actually started with like a three-day meal plan. So it was breakfast, lunch, dinner, and a dessert. You did do all that, didn't you? Yeah. You sure did. <laughs> you were busy, wow. Yeah, it was a lot. Um, and, uh, you know, I'd have about, you know, 10 to 15 people sign up for that weekly. Nice. Um, but, you know, I quickly realized that I was kind of getting back into the, you know, what was I disliked about tribal promotion. It was like so much physical labor and after a while you burn out on it so um so that's where i'm at now i mean i offered a juice cleanse a few months ago and then um you know i've been traveling so i probably will do a meal prep again but i am just transitioning more to retreats and i'm actually starting a cookbook um it's gonna be an ebook e format um just to kind of put that into something else and you know free up my life so I can travel, so I can do more of that. Um, but I do enjoy the meal, the meal plan. It was a lot of fun. Um, I enjoyed getting messages back from everyone, trying new foods, and um, so I will. I think that now I'm trying to listen to myself and see, you know, do I want to do this this week? You know, and put it out there and see who, mm -hmm. who wants to be a part of it. And then, you know, just tie that into the cookbook, the retreats, and whatever else comes next yeah <laughs> yeah i really love how um thank you i really love how how you're how you just said put it out there see what people think and then from that response begin to create from that for that week or that month that sounds really purpose living yeah mm -hmm. we're not having to create because you want to make money or because mm -hmm. you want to meet a goal but there's a need that you can fill mm -hmm. you reach out to the community and then they respond and then you create Right, right. And it's more of a synergetic community-based thing, not just a, I'm gotta, I gotta get this done not kind of thing. Like, not a grind. Yeah. Not a grind. Yeah. yeah. Purpose, really, really purpose, pur 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 purposeful, purpose-filled. 
Mm -hmm. I love that. So is the book, do you have a title in mind yet for it? Um, I, I really love the high vibe vegan. Uh -huh. Um, and I, I feel like in a way it may be overplayed or, or, you know, talking about high vibrational, but I really feel like, uh, with the foods that I'm eating are high vibrational and it's the best way for me to describe that. So we'll see, but I enjoy, um, really creating it with that mindset, mm -hmm. of the, you know, because these are raising your vibrations, yeah, hundred percent. Yeah. yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. what I've, I've heard a lot of people say too, with us transitioning into like five D consciousness or just this new consciousness shift that's going mm -hmm. on, like high vibe foods are going to be a really important uh, tool mm -hmm. to reach that high yeah, state of consciousness. Yeah. So maybe it'll be out just in time. For, <laughs> <laughs> you know, everyone sure. will be like, I'm trying to get to five D consciousness. Yeah, get Heather's book. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Okay, so you kind of talked about this already. You did a little bit. Yeah, but is there anything you want to elaborate on about why you like providing food for other people? Well, to me, food is expressive. Mm. Um, when we travel, we often get excited about trying new foods and flavors. Um, I love creating different types of flavors from, from all over the world, you know? Mm. And it's funny because my mother-in-law will say, like, what country are you cooking tonight? Mm -hmm. you, know? So like, cool. you know, it could be Thai one night, it could be Colombian, you know, it could be, you know, really anything. Wow. Vietnamese to, you know, Mexican. Um, so I really enjoy the challenge, you know. Mm. Um, I love creating, I love creating Indian curries and just mm -hmm. learning, you know, how to also tweak that and make that vegan. Mm -hmm. So I have a few other um, types of cooking that I haven't mastered yet. So, um, so yeah, I just love creating um, new flavors um, or creating old dishes and making them my own. And, um, and you know, and I feel that most people eat the same foods over and over. Mm -hmm. um, we kind of have like a repeat cycle. Mm -hmm. And so where, I come in and I hope to do with the cookbook is to offer other options, you know, and kind of open that up and become your own creatress of, you know, preparing your meals. And I think that it's so primal and a lot mm -hmm. of people, you know, aren't taking the time to prepare their meals. They think it's time consuming. Yes, you have a cleanup, but it's so worth it. You know, I was away on vacation and I try to make the effort to prepare my meals and that way I have them and ready and I know that I'm eating, you know, the best quality food that I can get. So, um, so that's what I hope to, to do, you know, with the ebook, with what I'm doing, what I'm putting out there. And, um, yeah. I love it. I love it. <laughs> so I have a question. Yeah. I love that you just mentioned your vacation and like traveling because I have a, like a very particular diet too and travel is always like just a nightmare sometimes like I feel like I always have to pack my own food in order to have like the options I need so did you like you said you kind of pre-pack some things right mm -hmm. so did you do anything else or do you have like tips for people when they're traveling for how to like stay on a, their mm -hmm. nutrition plan um first of all uh, make sauces ahead of time at home mm. um sauces you know you can put on yeah. Anything, you know, whip some some noodles, brown rice noodles, and throw a salad mix together. Wow. That's what I did. I did um, like a like a peanut sauce, like Asian dressing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then yeah, just go to the grocery store, have the noodles, throw it all together on the beach. That's your sauce. And, you have, and that's like, it. You get a meal. Salad. Yeah. 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 Um, and then you know check check what restaurants are available. You know if. I think that that's the best thing, Yelp and things like that, is I always do my research and see what's out there. But, you know, nine times out of ten, you're just going to be better off trying to create as much as you can on your own. Yes. And then, you know, uh, if you do luck out, which we did on this trip, we found some really great uh, creative vegan restaurants. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a lot of fun. And, you know, it's really fun to venture out and try new things because that's when I get the inspiration. inspiration. And, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, I love that you mentioned like uh, a recipe that was that was okay to eat cold because mm -hmm. like sometimes 
I don't think about that. <laughs> like just cold noodles or something. Mm -hmm. It's not something I would like. Yeah. Put as like a good thing in my head to for, to travel <laughs> with. It's like I want my noodles hot. But mm -hmm. I love that you mentioned like considering cold things. Mm -hmm. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Um, a favorite meal that you cook and why? Ooh, so I did talk about my smoothie bowls and smoothies. Yeah. Um, I just love, yeah, I love waking up and creating those every morning. But um, a lot, I love making um, tacos. And I think tacos is really fun because you can literally create the same flavors, skip the meat and dairy. And, on, and I've had guests over who are not vegan who are loving, you know, these jackfruit tacos. Mm -hmm. I really love playing with tacos because you can really do so many different versions mm -hmm. of, of that, you know, where I make a, a jackfruit taco or I make a raw taco or you can do mushrooms mm -hmm. or I do actually do some with like potatoes and mm -hmm. beans and vegetables. Mm -hmm. Like it's just, it's one of those meals that you can really make it so many different ways mm -hmm. and you can never get tired of it. And, um, and, you know, and it's just fun. Who doesn't love tacos, right? Right. Taco Tuesday, right? Yeah. Taco Tuesday. <laughs> <laughs> and you make those mostly raw, those tacos? Uh, both, yeah. Cooked or yeah. raw? Yeah, cooked and raw, yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's just, you can literally make, yeah, just so many different flavor profiles with, with a taco. I'm trying to imagine raw tacos in my mind. So raw tacos actually will use either a lettuce cup okay. or jicama mm -hmm. shells. Mm -hmm. You know what vegetables are actually yeah, yeah. Jicama, jicama, yeah. So it's a, um, it's a root vegetable from Mexico. It's kind of like an apple and a potato. Huh. Um, it's really yes. watery and crispy. Yes. Um, yeah. So you can buy the taco shells at Trader Joe's and um, they're already like peeled pretty perfectly. And I usually do like a walnut meat. Um, it's like spiced up walnut meat that's blended in the food processor topped with like a pico de gallo and then mm. you want to put like a chipotle mm. crema on top mm. a cashew mm. crema mm. So, okay when i say you can create the same great. flavor profiles um it's it's definitely possible and mm. and the raw tacos are amazing because they're so light but they're filling and the the flavors all come through and you don't miss out mm. yeah i've only had the jicama fries before i didn't mm. know trader joe's had yeah. the shells yeah they do yeah that's cool. Mm -hmm. Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of people do them for low carb purposes too. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I have to do this particular types of shells because mm -hmm. I have to be gluten free. Okay. So, um, yeah, I'll just see if those are yes, gluten free as well. So, yeah. I'll eat the gluten. You'll love it. Yeah, I'm actually gluten free too. So, oh, I cool. know, yeah, it's, it's even harder. Yeah. Searching for places that can accommodate gluten-free and vegan mm -hmm. and yeah especially when travel is involved yes. like you really yeah. have to like you said research ahead of time mm -hmm. or ask the restaurant you know if they have like options and stuff and be, be that person right be yeah. That person. <laughs> yeah yeah i know my, my daughters are like mom you have to order last Okay. Well, that's the thing too. Is like the more people speak up about their needs, the more the restaurants. They'll make will, changes to it. Yeah, accommodate. they need to because yeah. they're doing a lot of like shady stuff, whether you're vegan or not. Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. What's good? Little break here to check in and let y'all know about what I do in the city of Huntsville. So I'm sure you can tell I enjoy holding space for movement, for breath, for inner work, for rest, and of course, all that encompasses yoga. There are a few ways to connect with me in the city um, and online as well. I lead classes every week in studios around the city that are a mixture of heated classes, non-heated classes, slow flow classes, and strength-based classes too. I also offer one-on-one -on -one sessions that include yoga, meditation, and the unique package of a six-week Healing with Titus course as well. Everything I've said so far can be found either on my website at simiae.com, that's S-I-M-I-A-Y-E.com, or on IG, Instagram. My handle is the fourth, T-H-A-F-O-U-R-T-H. With that in mind, I hope that you continue down the path of finding, connecting to, and releasing into your most authentic, true 
healed and conscious self. And I'll see you either online, in studio, and of course, back on the podcast. Let's hit it. Anyways, so our next question is, how does food intersect with spirituality, in your opinion? Mm, I really love this question. Um, Food's literally our fuel source. You know, most people eat at least three times a day. What we eat is what we become. So I believe that our food choices can align us to spirit in many ways. Eating fruit and vegetables is pure source energy from the sun. It allows our bodies to become lighter and avoid dis-ease, right? Yeah, I love that. I used to um, volunteer at a farm, and I remember whenever I would eat, like, the organic zucchini or uh, whatever I was getting from the farm, it was like I was having a spiritual awakening. Mm-hmm. Especially, like you said, because everything is, like, charged up from the sun, but also when people are, like, working together mm-hmm. to grow things or produce things, it was almost like my taste buds could taste the teamwork <laughs> in the, the love. Yeah. yeah wow. We could I could taste like the, the, the minerals from the soil. It's wow. like everything is just more um, you just taste the earth is mm. really how I would describe it. Mm. You taste the essence of everything mm. that was used to grow it. So I like that. Yeah. A lot. You're you're really connected with like the cycle of life when you And I think like I, I I thought just today or yesterday about eating more foods that come from the earth. Yeah. Could that keep the cycle mm-hmm. where I'm I'm from the earth, mm-hmm. let me eat from the earth. Yeah. More often than not. Yeah. And it's fresh and it's been given the sun and it's direct from the source. Like off the off the mango tree, <laughs> off the grapevine, out of the earth of potato or with the carrot or like whatever it is, it's 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 truly had just touched the earth mm-hmm. in 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 my in my body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I did, I did have a kind of an off question, but of course still with regards to food and diet and things. Um, you said that your daughters want you to wait until after everybody else orders. <laughs> Are they also on the tip of vegan or raw as well? So uh, the rest of my family uh, eats primarily vegetarian. Okay. Yeah. So they're a little looser. Um, so I don't consume. Um, I, I, I don't like to be dogmatic about it okay. or in a box when I talk about being vegan because I wasn't vegan like three so it's not in that in that way but for me um so i already cannot eat gluten and then um dairy actually triggers my eczema okay um so that was already something that i was eliminating as well um so for me it's kind of more of like a health issue than just like oh i i don't eat that because of whatever but um so yeah so i have several health issues um like eczema and things like that that and my body like talks to me right away. It's really, mm-hmm. it's really um, annoying, <laughs> and it's kind of cool too because my hands will just start itching, and I'll get yeah, I'll get a you know a reaction, a rash, mm-hmm. and it's. Um, I went off uh, cortisone creams a few years ago, and that was I don't do prescription drugs. That was probably like my dirty secret, right? Like this little cream that I was just like putting out fires everywhere on my body. And, um, you know, and it worked until I was like, okay, this is not where I see myself going. Like this is a topical steroid. You know, there's so many side effects to that. But, you know, the doctors give it to you. Mm -hmm. And when you're in this, like, if you've had eczema or anything topical like that, like it's very frustrating. So... I got into this, like, I had to take my health in my own hands and um, and just learn other ways to deal with it. And so, uh, first, oh, look, hummingbird. Hummingbird. Oh, my gosh. That's the first one I've seen. Once a week, he comes by at least. At least once a week. Yeah. That's the first hummingbird I've seen really? this season. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. In my home. Yeah. Oh. Well, that's yeah. supposed to be the highest vibrational animal. We'll be yeah. vibing high. Yeah, we'll we're vibing high. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Come on. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, and I think you talk about that a lot, Shalisa, too, yeah. is like taking your health in your own hands. So I did Cel- uh, celery juice, cucumber juice is great for the skin, mm-hmm. threw away all the steroid creams, said no to it. And I did have an immediate reaction getting that out of my system. But um, mm-hmm. now it really, it's, 
it's on its own or it's gone until if I eat something that triggers it. So, you know, wheat, dairy, corn, corn sucks. Cause like corn. Yeah. I've tried blue corn, all the things. So yeah. Um, you just have to ask questions when you go out. So there, tell me about this corn badness thing. What? Granted, though, funnily enough, I, I, I've been drawn away from corn for a few years, which is weird because it, 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 it doesn't seem to just... Yeah, people have problems with it. And I, what I've read, you may know something different, is that it's covered in glyphosate, which is like this really harmful pesticide. Covered by humans, you mean? Like the these corporate farmers. Okay. Uh, just cover it in uh, this thing called glyphosate, okay. which is known to cause all kinds of issues. But is there like a is there, is there like a, a naturally wrong thing with corn? Like well, as it's a, as a, a so I do try to do organic if I had some corn too, but um, it's a it's a grain and it can be inflammatory. Mm. So it's an inflammation response mm. when my body's like starts itching. Got you. And, you know. Got you. So um, for it may not bother most people. Uh, I don't think everybody probably needs to let go of corn, but when you're gluten-free, you know, corn is like, okay, you have corn, it's (laughs) gluten-free. So, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've had issues with corn, whether it's organic or not. Mm -hmm. Like, something is Mm -hmm. just... It's not the corn of, like, the indigenous people. Like, whatever we've done to the soil, especially with glyphosate and pesticides, it's kind of changed the structure of it. I just have issues with it. Whether it's organic or not. Wow. Yeah, me too. Unfortunately. Yeah, sad. No popcorn. Yeah, right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I think I would like to kind of shift and transition actually. Okay. From this question I just asked you, you mentioned about choosing to eat for your body, eating and taking things out, bringing things in, adjusting how you intake based on what your body needs and how it was designed. Mm-hmm. Right. So we brought you on not only for prana, raw foods, and vegan, but also for human design. Mm-hmm. Um, I've always had an interest in it for maybe the past year or two or so now. Um, beyond astrology, beyond Enneagram, human design has been really important to me, mm-hmm. like very important to me. So when did you begin your journey with human design? So about a year and a half ago is when I first started to learn more about it. Um, and it was one of those things, okay, when you look at human design and you pull your, put your birth information in and you pull up a chart and you get your, you know, your chart reading, like your energy type and all of that. And you see this diagram, you're like, what am I looking at? You know, it's like, okay, so I'm a manifesting generator. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and I found out, okay, I'm a manifesting generator. So it's the hybrid, the manifester and the generator. Okay. Um, but what does that mean? You know? And so I dipped my toe in it for a little while, learning bits and pieces. And then I'm like, okay, I want to learn more. Mm -hmm. And so sign up for the course. And so I have been like, just all into it for the past six months. Like it's so much, like it's, it's a really cool thing (laughs) to learn about yourself, but um, I find it interesting learning about my family's chart. Um, it's been really, really a game changer as far as like seeing how our family dynamic, you know, we, my husband, I have two daughters. So how we flow together. Um, and so, you know, I've always been into astrology and learning, you know, um, about my moon and sun and rising and, you know, then you can go so much deeper into your nodes, your north nodes right. and all of that. Right. And you know, and I, I love all of that. Like, I love learning other people's signs and their moon and rising. And so human design just takes it, you know, five steps further mm. because it is a, you know, a part science, part spiritual okay. um, system that includes, you know, the chakras. A ching, the tree of life, astrology, really? and I feel like I'm missing something else. Okay. Um, the tree of life is in there as yeah, well. Yeah, the chakra. Yeah, the chakras. So yeah, it's a really cool system. Um, it's pretty comprehensive, and what I find is that it resonates. You know. Yeah. Like it doesn't need. It doesn't matter if you know I am a manifesting generator or whatever comes up. If it doesn't actually fit into my life, if I don't actually see where these things um, do do flow into my life mm-hmm. if I'm not seeing the connection there. Mm-hmm. So that's been interesting and in learning about myself. 
and switching how I function um, by learning my strategy, authority, mm-hmm. and that's a game changer. All these words, oh my gosh. strategy, authority. Yes, yeah. yes. So um, for me, um, I'm a 2-4 profile, so that's the hermit opportunist. Shalisa and I actually share the same profile, Dude, which is really? kind of cool, yeah. So I'm a manifesting generator too. No, you are uh, the 2-4. So, so okay. okay, let me back up. So human design, um, we have energy types. Uh-huh. So I'm a manifesting generator, you're a generator, okay. and Titus is a projector, projector yeah. right? Uh-huh. So then we have profiles. Uh-huh. So I'm a 2-4, uh-huh. the hermit opportunist, and so are you. Titus is a 3-6, which is really cool. Oh. Like, we'll get into all that. <laughs> she she <laughs> looked at me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Sounds yeah. complicated. I, I, think, I think it's... it's you're gonna is, find is it pretty accurate? Really cool. Yeah, yeah. You think so? Yeah, I think so. Well, I know projector is for sure. Once mm-hmm. I found out that was a projector, it made sense about how I live, no doubt, without a doubt at all. Yeah, I, 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 I realized that my my um, ability to ask for things and not wait for invitations mm-hmm. is different. Um, I think I think from what I saw from the chart that I don't have an internal poor source of energy. I have to I have to reset my own and come back on my own as well. But I'm 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 gonna stop. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm gonna let you're, you. you're right. Is this a pretty accurate? Yeah, yeah. Okay. You're right. Yeah. Okay. You do not have the sacral. Right. Mm. But Shalisa does. Right. Mm. Shalisa has yeah. her sacral defined. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. Right. So can we back up? <laughs> so there's the four categories: the generator, pro- projector, projector, manifesting generator. Then what's the fourth? The manifester okay. and the reflector. So the reflectors are, they have no energy centers defined, so they literally reflect everyone around them. Wow. They're pretty rare energy types. Weren't they also in some kind of um, order of development? Like, didn't some come first and then after some time? So about 70% of the populations are going to be generators. Right. They're typically like the workforce of society. Mm -hmm. Um, And then you have manifestors. Um, Manifestors are about 10%. My, my youngest daughter is actually a manifester. She's the only one that I know in real life. Oh, wow. wow. Really cool. Like, really cool <laughs> okay. seeing her. Yeah. So, um, and then manifesting generators, they are the hybrids. Uh, they are both the, so they have the connection to the throat and mm-hmm. to the, to the sacral. Mm-hmm. Where generators have the sacral, mm-hmm. the connection to the sacral energy. And manifesting generators have them both, so they can actually do the thing and like make it all happen. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you have projectors. So projectors do not have the sacral center defined. And there's different types of projectors out there too. There's like you know an emotional, the splenic, mm-hmm. you know, and then like a classic projector. Mm-hmm. So we can get into that too. Yes, My please. husband's actually a projector too. So okay. I think projectors and manifesting generators and generators. Mm-hmm go really well together okay um, and then you have the reflectors so which have no energy centers to find um, and they make up not one percent they're pretty rare okay okay so we did the four categories mm-hmm. and then you said there's different profiles like mm-hmm. the two with the numbers four. and stuff yeah yeah what so so the profiles the first line is the personal like your personality okay. the second line would be like the existential like what would everyone else pick up on Mm. so it's interesting because when you hear your profile so i'm a two four Mm -hmm. so it's funny titus mentioned oh you're all about community well the four is all about community Mm -hmm. now the two is the hermit i mean this is the you know i very much need to be in my own energy Mm -hmm. too Mm -hmm. and finding that out has been very affirming almost Mm -hmm. yeah so you see where you know, you can be the hermit and the, the people person, you know, and I think we, we like to talk about that being introvert, extrovert. Yeah. 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 But it's so much deeper than that. The hermit's actually creating. They just need time to be in their own energy. And I love how this, like I said a second ago, affirms how I've been living on unknowingly. But it now makes sense because this is actually my actual design. Like, this is my design. Yeah. So this is what I've been doing by accident. Mm-hmm. On purpose, and now I can say yes. This is in fact who I am. Let me do this on purpose now. Yeah. With attention. Mm-hmm. 
I love human design so much. But you know, I will say after seeing your chart, I do see you living in an alignment from what I can see. Okay. And you know, you said you you've been reading about human design and yeah. learning about it for quite some time, and you you're understanding your strategy mm-hmm. and your authority is to wait for that invitation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you know, and I see that that can be where the projectors get hung up. Yes, we do. Because yes, you need we to be. Do recognized yeah you need to be recognized you need to be seen you know as a guru sort of in a way of like people like coming to you and then and they're inviting you and you get to decide oh if i'm going to right take this or not you don't right. have to take the right. invitation but you going out and offering and offering isn't the you're way spending your energy the, the way. wrong way yes that's that's exactly mm-hmm. it yeah yeah fascinating. <laughs> yeah it really is yeah it really really is her wheels are spinning over there. She's been, she's thinking about some. Let's pause and take a deep inhale through the nose, holding it at the top of the head and letting it out with a long sigh. So we are getting close to a new month. And so I wanted to let everyone know that the sound bath series for the month of July is leaving the matrix. Side note, uh, July 2nd, there will be no sound bath because that's a holiday weekend. So we will resume July 9th with the theme detoxing from social media. July 16th will be re-envision television. July 23rd is cleansing from cable news and we'll end it out July 30th with leaving the matrix. So if you are interested in how to detach your consciousness from the influence of the media, July is the month that you should come by on a Sunday and get involved and check out uh, how I do this through a sound bath journey. So there will be links in the description box if you're interested in checking it out this July. I hope to see you there and let's jump back in. I know it's like a lot is making sense yeah, to you too. Yeah, yeah. From profile, then there's, uh, you know, we have the, the channels, the gates, and then we have the incarnation cross, and mm-hmm. we have the, the center, so you'll see if you're, if you're defined or undefined in that center, and, and all of it pulls together like a comprehensive reading, okay. you know, of who, who your soul is. So can you go back to like the importance of something being defined and something being undefined? What does that mean? So if you have a defined center, that means that you are basically, you are, t- you already know who you are mm-hmm. in that way. Like you, you have been this way. You are not like an undefined center. You are kind of more susceptible to conditioning. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Okay. So when you is, look at is your, her defined? <laughs> you said my sacral is defined. Your sacral is defined. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So you'll see here, you know, the centers that show the defined and undefined mm. so it, it's really and it's not a good or bad i feel like people yeah, try no. to look at things like oh i don't have that no you do just you are going to reflect that from mm-hmm. others mm-hmm. when you have an undefined center you are going to reflect that from someone else I see. so it's important mm. to learn that and then you're able to okay is this my feelings my emotional yeah. moments right. yeah. so can your human design change, or is it always like mm-hmm. no. fixed this way? No. You as long as we have the birth chart information okay. accurate, it, it will stay the same. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So this is like one of those areas of life where like it's not fluid, it's not um, you know gonna cycle through. It's like this is mm-hmm. your design. You are made this way. So I like to. I put something down here. It's your soul's contract to with the universe, who you came here to be, what you came here to do, and what karma you came mm-hmm. to correct in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. Wow. I love that. <laughs> That's deep. I love that. And, and I like it because I, I'm, I've been trying to live more purposeful in the past year or so, and to know that this is how I came, and this is how I was designed to live, yeah. I can start doing that better. Yeah. In with more with more efficiency. Like I'm not trying to find okay, okay. How should I live? What should I be doing? No, I now have a pretty accurate description of what Titus does well, yeah. doesn't do well, 
to reflect, to receive, to pause, to wait, whatever it is, I can see that mm -hmm. and then embody it better in my living as well. I got a question. I mentioned earlier on about astrology and in the Enneagram. I, from what I remember, astrology doesn't need a lot of information about who I am to, to get the information. It only needs the birth date. Mm -hmm. Your Not, birth date. That's all that needs the person. Mm -hmm. So, but but in but human design needs more, right? It's the same. It's the same. Okay. So that's the part where it's based off astrology. Okay. But um, then you'll see in the like the gates and everything else all comes from the gates or the aching. Okay. And so everything is based on something, else. and then it actually does go into astrology here. Okay. You can see the sun and the moon, and gotcha. you have the north and south nodes and the planets. It's very comprehensive. It it really is, and and that's the other. This is another layer you can get into. Um, the arrows here, uh -huh. what direction they're pointing to. You mentioned a Ching. Mm -hmm. What is it, Ching? So it's a Chinese. Uh, I, I actually don't know too much about that specifically. Okay. Yeah. I thought I figured chi and chi. It's one of the most ancient. Um, what would they call it? Sciences. Okay. I think it's one of the oldest. Okay. Like it's even older than astrology, I believe. Interesting. Yeah. Well, yeah, because human wasn't human design. Someone channeled it, right? Mm -hmm. This whole science of it in like the 1700s or something. I think. No, it was actually in. Uh, what was it in the 70s? Oh, that in this, yeah. In this century. Yeah, Ra in this decade. Yeah, he is a Canadian born and he had a whole experience that lasted days. He describes it as the voice. He was in a Ibiza in Spain. Mm. And for about eight days or so, he got the voice and everything came to him to put this whole system together. It's amazing. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Crazy. Um, and he's, you know, written books and has other people who teach the system. And, you know, he passed away um, several years ago, but it's amazing to see how it's blown up, I think, in yeah. the last few years, you know, it's become I mean, like, more <laughs> talked about. The accuracy and, of it mm -hmm. would, would make it. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that it is so accurate to who we are, which we are, I don't know why. I don't know how someone wouldn't be able to say yes and, 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 and ascribe to, to, to what you learn from it. I've heard of people being almost, uh, you know, torn away from the whole idea of it, thinking okay. of, you know, how it came to be. Okay. Um, and they've actually tried to not pay very much attention to human design, but then it, you can't deny it. Yeah. Once you learn your design, yeah. like... <laughs> Okay, you see how this plays out for you, and you resonate with it, mm -hmm. and then it's hard to deny at that point. Yeah. Um, I like what you just said, and I like before you had mentioned something about how like this is our our contract, mm -hmm. like our universal contract, Soul or something contract. like that. Because yeah. we were going to ask you, um, how does human design benefit society, or how does it like carry out the global awakening? Because I see like a direct <laughs> correlation okay. for right. people to know what the human design is. So I, I believe that we all have societal pressures placed on us wow. to all do things just one way. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But we all know that there's more than one way of doing things and human design helps us understand this. If everyone was living by their design and follow their strategy and authority, I believe that that society would benefit as a whole. Human design teaches us about our uniqueness and what it is to be uniquely ourselves. Mm -hmm. So imagine that. Yeah. And you're so right. Like, there is that one template given by society. Like, they're all trying to make mm -hmm. us be a square. And when some of us are, you know, triangles or circles or whatever, this human design is showing that. Like, we mm -hmm. have these different archetypes that we're designed with. And so, like, knowing that, though, like, what are we supposed to do? I'm not asking you to, like, solve society's issues. But, like, let's, let's talk about, like, the ways that we can know our human design or our characteristics or our strengths, but like go out in society, society mm -hmm. um, and, and utilize them. Awareness is step one, mm. right? Yeah. And I think it, it begins with us, you know, like what you guys are doing here and what you're, you know, what you're spreading, you know, this permeates, you know, you're, mm -hmm. you know, when people awaken, I mean, it really is a time for people to kind of see past the, you know, I don't like, like saying the word, like the whole matrix. The thing, illusion. You know, like, the yeah, but see yeah. past that, yeah. you know? And I think more people are waking up, and human design is just another 
you know, tool in this helping us see who we are and who you are and, you know, what, what is the, the purpose of being, being here, you know, right now in this time? What are we doing? And so I feel like this is, a, this is step one, is awareness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that you're saying that because there's another um, podcast that I like to listen to. And they're kind of like us, but they talk about things not through the lens of spirituality, but through like societal constructs and um, philosophy and things. And one of the hosts is like very clinically depressed. And I feel like she's kind of separated from this type of thinking of mm. like, I'm in my body, I'm on the planet for a particular purpose. And I think sometimes all she sees is like, capitalism is awful, I don't fit the constructs of capitalism, mm-hmm. and it makes me, you know, unaligned with myself. Mm. But I love that like bringing this to the forefront is like showing people like, hey, I had a whole reason I was constructed in a particular way to come here for a particular thing. Like to me, that makes me like very excited. To it lights be, you up. Yeah, it lights you like up. I'm happy to be alive. Yeah. That, even though there's problems, but right, you know, like <laughs> it doesn't bother me as much. There's something that I can recall um, when I was more deeply Christian that I remember very, very clearly hearing that you, you, that I, we were designed by God uniquely. Yeah. And you have purpose. Yeah. And and not to knock that at all, like at all. But as you hear that question statement, or that statement, you wonder then, okay, so what was that design? Is it my physical nature? Is it my desires? Like what, what is that design that I, can, that I should be living from most fully? Yeah. And we never got that. We got spiritual gifts, which are good, but this is such a much more in-depth and detailed expression of, okay, if God designed me, he designed me in some very unique ways mm-hmm. to live in some unique ways and to have rela- re- relationships in some unique ways and interact with the world in unique, in unique ways as well. And to have this as my as our template for living gives that statement a lot more impact and power yeah. than just I'm designed uniquely. Okay, how do I how do I learn yeah. what that unique, unique, unique uniqueness is? And this is it. Yeah. This is it. Yeah, I love that. So Heather, most of our audience includes holistic community and they are parents or small business owners or just very busy people so how do you see these human design services benefiting that demographic well like i can see in my own family you know learning human design is helpful for all relationships for families businesses you know business partners you know employees really anyone um it does give us a key to their soul and responding to to their strategy and authority it brings balance into our life so um i feel it's really open to to anyone i love that because if you're human yeah (laughs) (laughs) um you know and the children um i think being a parent um and knowing your child's human design like yeah can parent so much better um And I touched on this, you know, briefly, but my youngest daughter is a manifester and, um, you know, it's a interesting because everything that I have heard about a manifester child, like I haven't heard them talk about any other in the trainings, uh, energy type of than having a manifester child. Mm -hmm. And you have to parent them very differently Mm -hmm. because they already know Mm. who they are in a way. They, They know how they want to live life so their strategy is to inform Mm -hmm. and she does that she's Mm -hmm. not and she informs oh yeah yeah and i am learning how to parent her you know and um you know she almost raises herself in a way you know it's quite interesting to see that and you know and then learning about her and then my, my oldest daughter is a manifesting generator like myself and seeing how you know, yeah, when she was younger, she wanted to play soccer. She wanted to do ballet. She did horseback riding. She did gymnastics, she had this swim team. Yeah. She had all these things. And, you know, and the society tells you, hey, you can't quit. Right. You yeah. focus on one thing right. and you do it right. Yeah. And you keep doing that thing till whenever, you know, yeah. like forever. <laughs> like, yeah. um, And so that was something interesting to learn about manifesting generators they're multi-passionate people mm-hmm. and you can't 
you know, keep them into one thing. They are not the, you know, the people who are like, oh, I'm going to be an accountant for the rest of my life and right. just sit there and do, you know, do that same job for forever. Um, so she needed to try all these things that she had. It lit her up. She was passionate about it. Until and she, she could do it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And she could do it. Like some people can't do it. Or well, yeah, different time frames. She would say, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. And I want to do this now, yeah. you know? And mm-hmm. so I think that the old parenting is like, no, you finished this. You yeah. are now, you know, a gymnast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, you are now a soccer mm-hmm. player forever. Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you can't get out of it. You mm-hmm. know, that we want them to achieve this high level or something. And I think that for her, she just needed to, she became, she got what she needed out of it and she wanted to try something else. Mm-hmm. And so I, I see that now and she's almost 18 and I'm like, wow, like, what if I had known her design yeah. years ago yeah. and I could parent her, yeah. you know, according Towards to that, that. you know, and the profiles, the, the other layers, like the archetypes, you know, and seeing how, you know, her profile plays, she's a three, five. And, um, you know, as parents, you want to protect your children from making mistakes. Mm-hmm. Her three, five profile shows me that she learns by making mistakes right. and it's like, whoa, you know, like, what do you do? You know? I think after you finish your cookbook, the next book yep. you should write is yep. How to Parent According <laughs> to Human Design because yeah. you just blew my mind. No doubt. Well, <laughs> and you know, my strategy is to respond. So thank you. There you go. <laughs> you are giving me something to add to my list. A projector or a manifesting generator? Manifesting generator. Yeah. <laughs> I like how you, um, just a small, small thing you said. She's not a gymnast or a soccer player or this. She is a human mm-hmm. who can do these things. Yeah. And not getting labeled a thing and this is who you are. This is what you may do. Mm-hmm. But who you are is how you live. Right. In these things that exist. Right. And that's different than how society told us to live. Like you're a yoga instructor. Like you're so much more than that. Right. You know, yeah. like that is not just Titus, you know. Ah. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. We do get hung up on these identities. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We don't have to with human design. No, we don't. We got our way out. <laughs> no, we don't. No, we don't. <laughs> you, we, we already kind of mentioned a little bit about the whole global awakening thing. How do you think, like a little bit, more, a little bit more narrow? How do you think knowing these things and using these things can, for lack of a better word, push the awakening of humanity on on, on Earth? Hmm. Um. I feel like like the awareness, going back to the awareness, planting the seed, but a lot of times people need more time mm. to put that into action. You know, not everyone as are as open and receptive mm-hmm. that I think that we are, you know, you and I and Shalisa. You know, I think that um, it takes time for some people to come around. Mm-hmm. So I think that that yeah, human design can be used to open that awareness, to plant that seed, to, you know, to go deeper into themselves. Um, But I think that they just have to be ready. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, even going back into relationships, you know, um, a lot of times and working with retreats and working with Maria and working with other women, I hear um, this common, uh, problem or issue that a lot of people are having with their spouses that they are not leveling up. Like here, these women are going on all these retreats and they're working on themselves. They're dealing with their old childhood traumas and, you know, probably past life traumas. A lot of people don't even realize that that um, can affect us as well. And we don't even have that awareness of understanding of where these things are coming from, where our anxieties are coming from and things like that. So I think that, um, you know, you just have to meet people where they are sometimes. And that's hard to do, especially if you're in a relationship and one person is leveling up and the other one isn't and afraid to grow. Um, You know, I've dealt with that myself. And it's more of like you have to, you know, kind of just focus on yourself. Mm -hmm, And, mm -hmm. you know, and I think they will follow or they're not and it just kind of weeds out the people you should be around in Mm -hmm. your life um but also and i I hate to sound harsh that way but i feel like um you know you lead by example Mm -hmm. you know 
um, Titus in yoga class, I mean, you are bringing the awareness to, you know, even at the gym, you know, most people in there are probably not really yogis. They're just coming like, hey, I want a good stretch, right? Mm -hmm. And so you're bringing that to class, to gym yoga, Mm -hmm. you know, and Mm so, um, you know, all of it counts. Like you're, you're leading an example. And so, and you're, you're guiding people to this podcast, you're, you're guiding um, people to learn more about what you're doing. And, you know, and I think that you're, you're on that path of, you know, helping others wake up too, but is gentle, you know, it's not mm-hmm. aggressive or pushing or, you know, cause no one responds to that. Right. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, everyone, that concludes interview one with Heather. Please remember you can tune in next week for part two, in which we will be talking a little bit more about our specific human design readings. Um, If you want to contact Heather about either booking a human design reading or ordering from Prana Raw Foods, you can do that on Instagram at Prana Raw Foods, which will also be linked in our description box below. And we will catch you in the next episode. Bye.